Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 347, recorded live on Sunday, February 16th, 2014. And here are your hosts, the man who wasn't at fault for not recording yesterday, Dave Pillay. Hey! And the man who also was not at fault for recording ye- not recording yesterday, Andy Lowe. Hi. Your uh, internet had problems yesterday. Well, ish. Ish. Because you were recording, and then all of a sudden everything went to poop. Is that the technical term for it, Mr. Networking Classes? <laughs> That's what I'm calling it. It just went to poop. It went to poop. Yes, yes, it did. Okay. And so... I thought, hey, maybe there's something going on in my system. So I start, you know, doing pinging and trace routes and such. Turns out my network was fine. The building's network was fine. It's just as soon as we connected to the ISP provider for the apartment complex, Mm -hmm. that's when I started getting uh, 300 millisecond pings, sometimes jumping up to completely timing out and or 1,000 milliseconds. Who do you trace route to? I just trace route to Google. Google Google.com? Yeah. Okay. You want to know a neat trick? Because sometimes it's actually like your DNS that dies is trace route to 8.8.8.8. Who's that? Google. Really? It's Google's DNS server. Hold on. Let me... Command prompt. Let me see this. No. CMD would work better. Tried running a command prompt as CND. That didn't work. (laughs) That would be like condition? I I don't know. All right. So let's see. Tracer... 8.8.8.8. Hey, yeah, look, Google Public DNS. Really? Yep. Hmm. I got there in 16 hops. All right, so that's router, cable modem, building's router. Then we hit the ISP for the building. Then we go to Climax. There, it's an actual city, by the way. Yeah. There is Climax, Michigan. It's exit either 88 or 92 on I-94. And then I'm going places that don't have any descriptors. 209, and then 72, and then 72, and then 216? Yes. It's basically Google's campus. Ah, okay. Gotcha. All right. Well, that's... Hmm. I'll have to keep that in mind. 8.8.8.8. That's extremely helpful. And so easy to remember. Yes. That's why it's extremely helpful. So, like, I need, yep. to, I need to ping something. Let's see if I have internet access. 8.8.8.8. I'll keep yep. that in mind. All right. There you go. So, yeah. So, now we're recording on Sunday. Yay, Sunday recording. Sunday afternoon at that, not even like Sunday morning. No, Sunday afternoon. Yeah, I had to go running Sunday morning. Well, okay then. Yeah, it's one of those things that people say, oh yeah, marathon, woo, you don't realize that you have to train for... A lot. A lot. Weeks, months. How's your training going, Andy? It's a lot better this time than it was last time. A lot better, because I'm actually... How's, you know, how's your training going, Andy? I'm actually running this time. Okay. No, I'm running right around a 10.30 pace. It actually helps because I'm running on a treadmill, so I can force myself to run at said pace. So it's actually going pretty well. So yes, that's now we're Sunday afternoons, which means I've got even a shorter clock to get these things edited and set out. So we're going to finish recording, and then you're going to immediately start editing. No, we're going to no. see the Lego movie. Ooh, I hear good things. Well, I will let you know next week. Are you going to review the Lego movie next week? That was my plan. Lame. What? Lame. Never mind. Um, cool. In other news, Olympics. Yep. How's that men's curling team, Andy? I don't want to talk about it. Because I, I looked at the scores yesterday when we first started recording. 
before your internet crapped out yes. mysteriously. Uh, and it, it doesn't look like the U.S. men's team or women's team is uh, doing very well. Nope. The men's team are currently 2-6 and six with one match left to play. And the U.S. women are 1-7 and seven with one match left to play. So no chance of, of getting a medal. No, which is kind of funny because if you look at the uh, 2010 men's 2010 curling. Yeah. I do believe the uh, 2010 curling results. Here we go, Wikipedia. Men's standing. Well, that's, that's not helpful at all. I actually want to see the actual tournament at the you know, this qualifying crap. Men ended with two and seven. And the women ended at two and seven. So what I'm hearing is that the U.S. can't curl. Something is up. Unlike a national stage, the U.S. just cannot curl. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of uh, hoopla already going on on the message boards. Yes, there are curling message boards. I was not going to ask. I thought about it, and I decided I wasn't going to ask. Okay, so there are curling message boards, and there's there's hoopla going on. Yes, because these uh, the teams were given part of this high priority or high performance group that were actually given money to go and compete in Canada and such. This was actually part of all of the U.S. curling dues were paid for them to travel. Okay, so like it's literally if you made it to the U.S. Nationals, you were competing against people that you paid to be there. Okay, which so kind of sucks. Yeah. So people are like, oh, yeah, this this high performance thing. Yeah, this is going to be the answer. It's not the answer. It's not the answer. No. No. That seems like the opposite of the answer. Yes. So, yeah, they, they women did look good against their game uh, against Canada. Took them to an extra end. So there were... Is that the equivalent of an inning? Yes. Okay. I feel like you should know this by now, because I swear I've explained this multiple times. I'm lucky enough that I remember the word bonspiel. It is a word, right? Yes, bonspiel. Okay. That is technically what is going on at the Olympics right now, is the Olympic bonspiel. Bonspiel, right, which is, it's a set of game. It's a competition, basically. It's like a yes. set of games. Yes. Kate is telling me that it's my own fault now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to talk about it, and yet you brought it up. I brought it up. I did. It's a good way to kill time. Listening to Andy talk about curling. Oh, I was actually on the uh, was on the radio last week because um, curling had started, and so I wore my EMU curling hoodie to work. And one of the guys on the morning show came downstairs and he's like, "EMU, boo!" And then he's like, "Wait, curling, yay!" <laughs> nice. And then he goes, you know, we have a curling club around here. And I'm like, yes, I know. I'm a member. He's like, oh, we should have you on. So I'm like freaking out going, what the hell am I going to talk about on the radio? I'm making sure all my numbers in my head are correctly, like how long a curling rink is, yada, yada, yada. And I'm on there for like five minutes. Yeah. With questions like, who are the big names in curling? And I said, Canada. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. I like it. Canada, Scotland. Turns out China is actually doing really well. Norway. Norway, Sweden. <laughs> Any country who spends like half the year in ice. And China for some odd reason. Or, or shows up white on a map because or, it's Or China cold. for some odd reason. Or China. Well, because China is, I mean, yeah, they're just, they're China. They're huge. 
That, uh, China, South Korea, and Japan. What is it? It's the, the thing of like, if there's, if someone is one in a million, there's 3,000 of them. <laughs> yeah, I could not believe that. It was like, really, Korea, Japan, and China all qualified? What's, uh, but, uh, hey. But the U.S. didn't. Yeah. Shows you how seriously we take curling here. We're getting better, I swear. Uh, are we? <laughs> are we really, Andy? Well, at least we're getting more television coverage than we were last time. Okay. Because you could honestly catch a match at 3 in the morning on uh, CNBC. Then there mm-hmm. was a match at 5, I do believe, on like USA. And there was another match in the evening on like MSNBC or CNBC or something like that. So they were actually playing all of the matches with the U.S. teams in them every day. So that's a plus. Okay. So I, I got nothing to add on that. Not really. It's it's a it's something. Yep. It's curling. Yeah. I wonder if they're gonna keep playing the playoff games now that both the US men and women are um out of the playoffs. They might do it though because Canada is on a tear, especially in the women. They might actually go and just sweep the board. So should we talk about things that are not depressing to me? <laughs> and highly amusing to me? I don't know. Do we have topics that are not going to be depressing to you? We can start with one of the big ones, Comcast and Time Warner Cable. I said not depressing to me. Too bad. Oh, my God. So it came out in the news this past week that Comcast, keep in mind, Comcast is the owners of like NBC and they are Universal. Yeah, Universal. They're, They're an internet service provider. They are a cable provider would like to purchase and has agreed to purchase Time Warner Cable. Which is, which is the also <laughs> the it's literally the number one cable company wanting to buy the number two cable, cable company. company. What the fuck? It's going to take Comcast twenty million plus subscribers and add on another eleven million or so. So you're going to have about 30 million subscribers under this company. Now, Comcast has said, because they, you know, they want to be fair and balanced with this and don't want to become a monopoly. Mm-hmm. Right. They're going to divest 3 million subscribers to make sure the deal goes through. To divest 3, what do, what do they mean by divest 3 million subscribers? What well, is? They're going to they're gonna drop 3 million subscribers. <laughs> so, the, wait, but these are people paying money. Yes. And Comcast is going to say, like, no, you can't pay us money anymore? Yes, exactly. Which most likely means that Charter, who is number three, I do believe... Would pick um, them up? Will pick them up. But yeah. then Charter has to be in that area, right? That has to be... They, they can't just be like, I'm going to pick this group of people in Ann Arbor, Michigan, where their only choice is Comcast, and not let them pay anymore. Yeah, that probably wouldn't work. They'd have to be in areas. So I'm guessing is either A, they're divesting them from places that... Comcast and Time Warner are overlapping, which is actually very few and far in between. If you actually look at the map, they're pretty much, you know. Well, because the three of them, between Time Warner, Charter, and Comcast, they've divvied up the country. Yeah. And they all stay in their own territories. So what what has the FCC said about this, Andy? Um, the FCC is currently not commenting because it is an open... Um, they normally say if it's a if it's a pending agreement, then they're not allowed to give public opinion on it. So the, the FCC currently hasn't hasn't said anything here, but the, they have to pass the DOJ and the FCC and the FTC in order to get 
said. And and what has DOJ and FTC said? Have they said anything? Nope. What are what are we calling it as? I think it's literally dead in the water, but Comcast has actually said they have the four answers to the antitrust concerns, right? Okay, what are the antitrust concerns that they have answers to? Um, they First off, they say there is no antitrust issue in the first place since the deal is not a horizontal transaction. And that Bullshit! Consu- <laughs> consumers will have the same amount of choice as before, which... Bullshit! Is, well, that's actually correct. You have yes. one cable choice. <laughs> that is true. After this merger, you will still have... One cable choice. One cable choice. Okay, but that doesn't make it antitrust when across the entire country you have one cable choice. Well, they're, even after the merger, they're only going to be about 30% of the total Okay, anyway, share. so they're, they're being jackasses. Like, well, it's already basically a monopoly. All right, so number that's, two. That's what they're saying, isn't it? Yeah. Like, they already don't have a choice, so what does this make a difference for? You're not going to... You, you're not going to get any less choices, is what they're saying. Is you're going right. to have a choice, whether it be mom or pop, you only have one. Okay, so number two, Comcast is already subject to a bunch of pro-consumer rules as a result of the purchase of NBC, and those rules will expand to Time Warner Cable customers. Mind you, those rules are only in place for another four years. That was part of the agreement to buy Universal was that FCC said, okay, you have to do these rules, like the thing like giving the the discounts to low-income houses and then doing the net neutrality rules, which actually were struck down, but Comcast has to obey them anyway, but, you know, only for another four years, right? Okay. Number three, the merger will improve service for consumers by letting the companies invest in more infrastructure. Bullshit. They have... Oh, I always love this. Oh, yeah, but it means we can in- invest in more infrastructure. No, you guys are not investing in more infrastructure. Okay, and, and what's stopping them from investing in infrastructure now? They want a bigger pile of money. That doesn't change. No, yeah. It's, oh. And number I love, four. I love number four. I yeah, love cur- this. Go cur- ahead. Current FCC regulations and in- antitrust laws already force companies to be on their best behavior. You mean antitrust laws like the ones that would keep the number one company from purchasing the number two company? Yes. Those antitrust laws. So, yeah, we're going to uh, find out exactly what happens. It could be like AT&T and T-Mobile when the DOJ basically said that they were going to take them to court. And that the weight of the DOJ saying, hey, we're going to take you to court, it actually, with the Sherman Act, kind of killed that last AT&T-T-Mobile deal. So, Right, Deutsche Telekom just said, like, well, fuck that. Yeah. And so, made out like a bandit. Yeah, we're, we're going to see what happens. It's probably going to take over a year for this to actually get sorted out, which then means you only have three years left on the net neutrality requirements for Comcast. So, uh... I'm really hoping that this does not go through. You are one of many people who really don't want this to go through. Why I, did they think this was going to be a good idea? There was one quote, I wonder if I can find it, where the guy, one of the uh, Freedom... EFF? I think the EFF guy said, like, nobody woke up this morning and thought, hey, I would like less choices for cable companies. Man, I'd sure appreciate having, like, fewer choices when yeah. it comes to my internet and cable. Man, this is just... So, fun fact, as as I'm reading through the documentation about all of this and uh, kind of comparison of the two companies... So Comcast has a 300 gigabyte monthly cap. Yes. Time Warner does not. 
No, they do not. So these 11 million subscribers are about to get capped. Yes. At 300 gigabytes. Yes. And so 30% of the market will have a cap. Yes. Which kind of makes it like, you know, hey, 30%'s got a cap. We can add a cap. And all of a sudden, 80% of the market has a cap. Yep, which means, hey, we don't have to worry about infrastructure for the time being. Right, because it's capped. Yeah. So I don't need to invest in infrastructure because no one's ever going to pull more than that because I stop them when they do. Was, this is like the opposite of future-proofing. This is the, what would you call the opposite of future-proofing? Living in the past. <laughs> that sounds about right. Which is kind of funny because most of Comcast's um, revenue, I do believe, like I think half of it or a quarter of it, something along that line. So a, okay, a, nice a quarter chunk. is less than half. And I know. It's less than, okay, but go on. I'm looking up the, the charts right now about Comcast revenue. Um, but they actually make a large chunk of their money, not from TV subscriptions, but actually from internet. Yeah. And it's just going to, that fraction is going to grow. Yeah. People are going to start cutting off TV. Because, hey, nobody wants to pay really high cable fees. Yep. This is evil and terrible and oh God. Comcast full year revenue was uh, $64.7 billion last year. Ugh. Rich keep I, getting richer? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's what it is, right? Yep. This is, this is not going to be good because even you think about it. Okay, so if this goes through, then Comcast... Who owns NBC Universal can you know can start because there's always the fight. There's the fight between Dish and Viacom. There was the fight between Directv and the Weather Channel, which still isn't actually resolved. It's the the cable the providers and the distributors are always at odds with each other. And now Comcast is like we have literally a third. We are the provider and the yeah. distributor. They have a vertical monopoly. With some companies, but then they can also just strong arm just saying, hey, we've got 30 million subscribers. Yep. Do what we want to do or we'll kick you off and let's see how well your revenues go after you leave. Yep. Say, well, I'll just go to the internet. Comcast laughs. He's <laughs> like, that's fine. That'll work for you for three more years and then we can start throttling you. Yep. Oh, jeez. You know, what's really fun is Comcast has been working on this of um, having your set-top box be nothing more than just a terminal for their cloud. So none of your programs that are recorded on your quote-unquote DVR are not actually stored locally. Mm. So they'll be stored on the cloud somewhere. So, you know, it'd be nice if, you know, it's like, hey, the, the, the cable's down. Let's watch something on my DVR. Oh, wait, I can't connect to my DVR to actually watch anything that I've recorded because none of it is stored locally. Why? Money. Yeah. It's all because of money. Why? I don't know why I keep asking why, because it's just, it's about money. Mm-hmm. Speaking of money, credit cards. Why, did somebody else get hacked? Uh, well, actually, Kickstarter did, but no credit <laughs> card information was stolen. Oh. Uh, just user information. So, by the way, change your Kickstarter password. Okay, I'll keep that in mind. No, don't keep that in mind. You should go change your Kickstarter password. I don't think I have a Kickstarter password. You don't have a... Okay, well, that's interesting. Hold on, let me check out Kickstarter, see if I actually have a login. I highly doubt it, though, but... Have you not Kickstarted anything? I do not believe so. All right. Oh. Let me see if I can log in. The email address and password you entered do not match. Okay, that doesn't tell you if you actually have a login, though. All right, let me see about registering for Kickstarter. 
Ugh, I can't type as fast as I used to when there's a freaking microphone in my face. Okay, now I have a Kickstarter login. <laughs> okay, well, there you go. You don't need to change the password then because you just made it. I just made So, yeah, I didn't have to make, I didn't have to worry about that because I didn't okay. have one. But anyway, Target. Target, yes. And the Target hack and the incredible amount of credit card information that was stolen. Um, Congress has, has started poking their heads in, which is kind of amazing and amusing. Like, really, Congress is actually doing something. Uh, it's the Senate Judiciary Committee has started looking at, at kind of expediting and forcing the switch from the swipe and sign method that we use now to the chip and pin method that the rest of the world uses. Which I find kind of funny because didn't we talk about many moons ago about how somebody had found a man in the middle a- attack for chip and pin? Did we? I mean, it's still more secure than what we've got. Yeah. Yeah, back in 2012, criminals crack European chip and pin cash card security members. Have yeah. they fixed the the problem? Hopefully. I mean, that's a long time ago. That's it. That's the one problem with looking at things on the internet. Is they all you get all like the news articles from many moons ago, but there's no updates. I found a paper on from 2010 saying chip and pin is broken. So we're talking going about from, the man in the middle attack. Yeah. So hopefully they fixed it. You know, in the past four years. So we're going from a completely unsecure swipe to a... Mostly secure, but still unsecure. Yep. It's really cute because the, the man in the middle attack basically tricks the local terminal into thinking the pin verified. Yeah. <sighs> in any case. So at least we're doing something. You know, you know we're finally catching up to Europe. From four eight years, years ago. ago. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, go America. Woo! America. First to the tech, and then we keep using the same one. Yep. We are the early adopters who never upgrade. Hey, look at our infrastructure. Right. Like, we've got electricity, but it's at 110 and not... What, 110? 120? 120. 120 and not 240? Yeah. So, speaking of electronics... Yeah. California... Ah. Uh-huh. ...is putting out a uh, a bill... Oh, I'm sorry, not California. California was also doing this, but now I guess there's a federal smartphone kill switch legislation proposed. Federal smartphone kill switch. Yes. Senate Bill 2032, the Smartphone Prevention Act. Bill promises technology that will allow consumers to remotely wipe personal data from their smartphones and render them inoperable. Which, you know, there's already basically software out there to do this. Right. But this is this is for the consumer to do, correct? Yes. This isn't that the the phone company would go in and do this. No, this is for the consumer to be able to. Okay. Why does this have to be federally mandated? <laughs> okay. Just seems like it's it's a little weird and oversteppy ish. The question is, would you want to, if your cell phone was stolen, be able to completely brick the phone? Yeah. Yes, I would. So then why is it why wouldn't not be, you know, nice to have a federal law saying well, that all cell phones need to be able to do this? I mean, I, I already can. Yeah, I know, I already get you can too. It's that Android thing, right? I forgot exactly what it's called. Uh there's the it's Google devices. Yeah. Yeah, the California bill was introduced last Friday. So by last Friday I mean two weeks ago Friday. Okay. So yeah. Now they want a a federal law as well, which basically, if you made a law for California saying that they needed to do this... They'd have to do it for the whole country. Yeah. Because it's, it's just too much of a pain to have, like, here's the California version of this cell phone. 
Two-thirds of three street theft in San Francisco involves a smartphone or tablet. Yep. Damn, it's amazing how want... easy it would be to just take someone's phone. Yeah. Okay. Uh, something maybe a little happier. So not uh, companies being stupid and not government being idiotic. Oh, if you want happy news, the game for Gamers Forgiving was hey, last week. Hey, our good friends, Gamers Forgiving. Yes. Or Gamers Outreach Foundation, which runs Gamers Forgiving. Yes. This they, year. Yep. I do believe it was at uh, Eastern Michigan again. It was. Um, over Valentine's Day weekend. Well, during the previous week before Valentine's Day. It ended on Valentine's Day. Okay. Anyway, the uh, donations topped $20,000. Yay! Good for them. Mm-hmm. I actually sent Zach an email like the, the two minutes after I got their email and said, like, hey, congratulations, good job. I miss being there. I miss, I miss helping out with that. It was a lot of fun. I wouldn't doubt that. Yeah, so 20000 gets them four go-karts. Yes, which for those who don't know, the Project Go-Kart is literally making basically Xboxes on wheels with their own monitor and keyboards and control pads and everything to take around to children's hospitals. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that means, hey, more power to them. Good for them. So that's good. Yay. Uh, Steam. What about, what did Steam do now? Steam, Steam did two things in this last week, which were both kind of weird. Did we talk about Steam Music last time? Yes, we talked about Steam Music last time and why you, okay. how you thought it wasn't right. Yeah, because we, we don't know where they're going with that. Uh, the other thing Steam unveiled this past week, though, is Steam Tags. Steam Tags? Steam Tags. All the games on Steam are now tagged. Have you ever gone to the Steam library and said... Man, I don't know what to buy. Sometimes. Especially well, after, you know, somebody gives me a Steam gift card. I'm just like, okay, now what? Well, now you have a way to search for games beyond just trying to type in random names or going to random categories. You can go to random tags. Oh, so if I search for Sid Meier tags, it will give me all the Sid Meier games. Well, Sid Meier, I mean, usually puts his name in the game anyway. <laughs> True. So probably not your best one. But if you want to find a sandbox indie game that involves crafting and survival, you could go and search for those four tags and find Starbound. Okay, so if I'm browsing puzzle games, I want single-player puzzle games on Windows. Let's see what other tags. How do I search for other tags? Uh, I'm looking. I only see a way to search by one tag. This is not helpful, Dave. Well, Andy, perhaps you should do feedback. I will definitely do that, especially since the, um, as soon as it was uh, released, these Steam tags, some of them were not pleasant. No, and in fact, Steam has, has patched it and allows you to uh, flag tags. So you get to tag tags, as it were. Because there are, there are some tags, like I'm looking for Fez, that like we're not pleased Yep. <laughs> nobody, nobody liked, uh, what's his name? What was it? Uh, Diva, Diva Developer was one of the tags on Fez. Oh, there's already a tag still on there for boring. Nice. The, the one kind of other side of this, the really fairly interesting one, is if you go to recommended tags. Oh, look at that. And it's based on what you've previously bought. <laughs> they say, here, try these. Literally trains. Is one of my... Oh, it's one of mine, too. It's a little further down on my list. 
I have strategy, single player, FPS, turn-based strategy, and action are my top five. I have strategy, trains, Sid Meier, puzzle, and tycoon. Nice. <laughs> uh, I have one. It is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven down. So the sixth one down for me is addictive. The seventh one down is one more turn. I have one more turn followed by addictive. Yeah. What does that say about us, Andy? <laughs> I like puzzle games, and um, wow, those, yeah, some of those would actually make sense, yeah. Hats. I have a tag for hats. Because you play TF2. <laughs> L.A. Noir is on there for some other reason. Granted, yes, there were hats in that game. Let's see, adventure games. Okay, yes, some of those would be good. Oh, there's my Sid Meier tag. I actually have all those games. That's what it needs to do is remove the games that you already have. Like, yeah, I've got Civ Five, Brave New World. Yes, I already have that. <laughs> Elder Scrolls Five, Skyrim. I have it. Also, some some games had kind of the wrong tags. Oh, Dark Souls has the casual tag. Uh, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was looking at the tags for Civ Five. One of the tags is Gandhi did nothing wrong. There's also the tag for life ruinly addictive. Life ruiningly addictive. Yeah, time sink, anti life, sleep also, loss. Yeah, buy it. Okay. I want to see what other games have the buy it tag. Not, not enough, enough items tagged with buy it. Life ruiningly addictive. It's terrible. It's accurate, but it's terrible. How many hours have we just spent in Civ Five in the last three days? I have not spent as much as you two. Are you, as in the royal you? Me, Brendan, Julie, and Brian. Yes. That would be more of the royal we rather than the royal you. Yeah, it, it's us. We've played a lot of Civ in the last two days. Not going to be playing very much today. True. I like the idea that somebody posted saying that you should not be able to put a tag on a game unless you've actually played it. What do but you think how about will that? it measure if I've played it? Well, you have to have played it It, it, well but i could go tag descent on steam even if i don't own it because i have played it okay so probably played it through the steam's client right but is my opinion on descent any worth any any less worth than someone who just bought it i mean yeah mine might be tinted by nostalgia you also might be trying to troll people but i also know the game true Descent, teaching you that the enemy's gate is down before Ender. Ooh, it's downloaded. I should play that. Such a good game, Andy. I looked up maze games because Antichamber was interesting. Yeah? There's Descent and Pac-Man and Antichamber. Those would be three maze games. Yeah. I was kind of expecting a little bit more. I mean, what else would you put in a maze game? I don't know. I don't know what other maze games are out there. Portal, kind of a maze. There there are maze-ish aspects to it. True. But not really. I mean, the levels are still pretty linear. Yeah, that is true. It's, you can be very non-linear with anti-chamber. Uh, the word linear doesn't really even make sense in anti-chamber. No, no, it doesn't. <laughs> oh, so this could be another thing for me to randomly look at, which would be kind of, it's kind of interesting that they're making it user-based. That way they don't have to worry about, well, what type of game is this? The community will decide what type of game is this. Yep. Now I want to play Descent. We got to wrap up this recording so I can... No, no, no. (laughs) Uh, So what's left? Patch versus DLC. Yes. Okay, so Batman Arkham Origins. Yeah. Um, It was a bit buggy. 
when it came out. Um, I have not hit any of these bugs, so I don't know what they're talking about. Okay. But it seems that um, Warner Brothers Montreal says they have no plans to release further patches for the game to fix, quote-unquote, minor issues, but instead are working hard on upcoming DLC. So they've decided to no longer try and fix the game. They're just going to come out with other stuff for it. If we do move forward with creating a new patch, it will try to address progression-blocking bugs for players, not the minor glitches that do not prevent one from continuing to play. So if Batman's head disappears, that's okay. If a wall appears and you can't move past it, that's not okay. Yes. In favor of making DLC. Yes. Mm-hmm. Hey, this new car that you got, don't worry, that brake light will just come on every once in a while. Don't have to worry about that. But hey, we're working on a, a new spoiler for you. Maybe some new uh, body kits could be interesting. Don't worry about, you know, your mirror randomly falling off every once in a while. You can just tape that back on. I don't like how this is going. That does not... Yeah. See, I'm, I'm thinking, like, the, the, the whole, like, the unspoken agreement of releasing a buggy game is that you can patch it. Yeah. Right? That's the unspoken agreement. The, we, the gamers, will purchase your game, and we will overlook the bugs because we know that you can fix them remotely. But this is saying we aren't going to fix them. No. We made a game. It has bugs in it. Deal with it. Yes. And I think that's a problem. Because it's not like saying, hey, we're completely done with this game. Because that would, I'd be, I wouldn't be complaining if they, like, said, just like EA said, hey, we're done with NCAA 08. Yep, like, we're, we're hands off, it's gone. Yeah, it's, what's out there is what's out there. That, I, that's not a problem. That makes sense, because the back catalog of games is only going to grow, so you can't keep patching everything forever. But they're still working on this game, because they're working on... DLC. There are still people with, you know, game code in front of them doing things. That's where it doesn't seem right. Yeah. Not not terribly pleased at this. I will be honest. Yeah, I'm not pleased at this either. Granted, I still have not finished the game, but... I haven't played any of them yet. Uh, I'm busy. Playing Civ. And now The Last of Us, I have that downstairs. But mostly playing Civ. Such a good game, Andy. It's such a good game. I'm still trying to figure out about these uh, new works of arts and such. The tourism stuff that Brendan's going to win our comp game with? Yes. Because, damn it. <laughs> I can't speak much more about it because the game is still ongoing and he listens to this show. <laughs> I'm probably going to go try and take on China in it, though. China is the number one computer who has a score like 300 above the next place. Ah. But I have artillery now. Well, go blow some shit up. Artillery changes the game so much. Yeah, because it can it can do two spaces, right? Yeah, three away. You can hit three away with artillery. That's crazy. Which means artillery outranges the city. Yes. So you can just park a bunch of artillery and then shoot. Which with the hex grids means you can park a lot of them around it. Yep. And the city Ooh. can do squat. Ooh, I just thought of a new tactic I might have to try. <laughs> well, don't try it on me. I've been using spies a lot more instead of leaving them at home for defense. Artillery can't attack where it can't see, but if you put a spy in a city, you gain vision of that city. Oh. Wait, I thought it was a special feature for artillery that can do that. No, you still have to be able to see the hex. I know, but I thought the artillery unit itself has to see, be able to see that hex, unless nope. it's a nope. special upgrade. Is that nope. with- 
it it has it still has to have range on it, but it doesn't have to see it. Okay, which of the artillery is it's the one after artillery? I think is like the indirect fire. Is the upgrade you're thinking of? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, it would have to basically for for the artillery, it has to be able to move into that spot. Got it. But an artillery's vision is two, and its range is three. Okay. Shows how often I've used artillery. Yep. I mean, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's how it's working. But I need to start sending spies out. (laughs) So, other video game news. Yeah. EA. Yeah. So they released Dungeon Keepers, right? Yeah, on Android and, and iOS. And people are bitching and moaning because it's like the epitome of pay for free. Yes. Free to play, free to pay, whatever it is. So its Metacritic number is 43, right? Okay. What's the what's Metacritic of the original Dungeon Keeper? I don't know. But if I go to the Android Play Store, its average right now is 4 out of 5 stars. There seems to be some um, discrepancy there. Yes. Do you want to know why? Why? So um, the game will pop up and say, hey, enjoying Dungeon Keeper? Would you like to rate Dungeon Keeper? So you're like, okay, it gives you two options, five stars or one through four stars. What? Yes. Okay. So if you select the five star option, you're automatically taken to the Play Store to rate it. And then, okay, so you can, hey, I want to rate it five stars. Boom. If you select one through four stars, you're not taken to the Play Store to rate it. You're brought to a new feedback prompt, which asks, what would you, what would it take to make Dungeon Keeper a five star game? From there, you can choose email us or not now. And so everyone picks not now. So it's only getting the in-game ratings of the five stars. Yes. In the game, you cannot rate it anything less than five because it does not give you the option to rate it. You, you can go to the, the Play Store and then, you know, change your rating. But, hey, if I'm going to give it five stars, wham, bam, right there you are. Anything less than that, then they kind of throw you into the secondary thing of, hey, don't actually rate it less than five stars. Tell us what the issue is, because you know we're EA. We're going to listen. Oh, yeah. Oh, totally. By the way, the original Dungeon Keeper on PC has no official Metacritic score, but it has a 9.0 on the user score. Nice. See, that's a little underhanded. Yeah, it kind of sucks. Oh, we're only going to let you tell us that we're good if you tell us that we're good. Anything else, and we're not going to let you tell anybody else about us. So let's see what else we got here. Oh, Google and Foxconn. We all know Foxconn, right? The uh, Chinese manufacturing of Apple products and the like. Yeah. Google is supposedly uh, starting to work with Foxconn to build robotic operating systems for manufacturers. What? Supposedly, Foxconn has been working with former Android executive Andy Rubin since last year to carry out the U.S. company's vision for robotics, to speed up robot deployment at its own factories, and to discuss new robotic technologies. What? It seems Google wants to work with Foxconn to automate Foxconn. Okay. Um, um, kind of scary. What about all that cheap labor? They will be out of a job. Yep. Is that a good thing or not? Oh, when was the last time we had a sudden switch of labor pool? The Industrial Revolution? I mean, that opened the labor pool. True. That made it so that more people could actually work and not tend the farm. Hmm. Probably, what, the robots during the 70s and 80s with auto manufacturing? That could be similar. And how did that work out, Andy? Uh, Lots of factories 
closing. Yeah, how's Flint doing nowadays? Uh, yeah, Flint. Yeah, yeah. I love how they are. Google appears to be building a robotic operating system for manufacturers. I wonder what they're going to call it because they can't call it Android because that would make perfect sense. But they already have that for the smartphones. What would Google call a system of robotic manufacturing? Google Factory? Well, this would honestly just be Android. They have it. But for automation robots. Android for Androids? <laughs> Laura suggested Google Gears, but they already have a Google Gears. Yeah, that would been, they, they've taken already all their good names without even realizing it. I have faith that they'll come up with an interesting name. Oh, yeah. That's, if Google does anything, they come up with good names. No, no, Andy, no, 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 no. Not good names. Interesting names. You mean you don't like Kit Kat? Kit Kat was them selling out to Hershey. Uh, but I was thinking more like Google Wave. Yeah, that was interesting. That wasn't good. Right. Uh, Google Plus. Also true. That's it. Would Google kind Blast. of makes sense, but yeah, no. The Go- yeah, you're, you're right. Google Docs. Google What's Docs it? was okay. Google but Calendar was actually good. Like, that tells you what it does. Yeah. But now it's part of Google Drive. Yep. Which, what, is is that their automated Prius fleet? Or is that, so, you know, like, Google Navigate actually tells you what it does. That's fine. Yeah, their Google App Store is called Google Play. Which is then subdivided into Google Play Books, Google Play Movies, Google Play Music. Laura suggests Google Go. For for Androids for Android I don't know. Google recursion. Okay, what else do we have? Um, there have been some details leaked about the new Tesla. Ooh. How expensive is it? Well, those details haven't been uh, officially leaked yet. Oh god, did they actually do Galdor? Yes, they actually did Galdor, but Did they not <laughs> But I'm listening. Um, the double hinge doors will be equipped with sensors that will adjust at adjust the opening sequence to avoid hitting any nearby objects. According to Musk, if you can fit the Model X between two other cars, you can open the doors. I want to see what freaking voodoo they have to be able to make a gullwing doors that, you know, don't hit, that don't other hit things. the cars next to them. <laughs> yes. I am very curious about that one. What is the advantage to this? The gullwing doors? Yeah. I t- I, I honest I, 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 I guess like if it's raining you can open it and stand and not be getting soaked I'm very curious to see when the very first gullwing door was in automotive history probably was the 300 SL I'm guessing yep 1952 300 SL yep so what other cool things are they doing with this car besides falcon wing doors alright here okay so despite the common misconception that gullwing doors are merely stylistic the design is very practical for tight urban parking spaces. When properly designed and counterbalanced, they require little side clearance to open. The DeLorean gullwing doors only needed 11 inches to open. Rather so, than, a foot. Yes. I can squeeze in, in less than a foot with my doors. Like, I don't actually often have a foot clearance. Well, if you have a DeLorean, that's what you're going to need, is a foot. So I'm still waiting to hear, like, the, the real advantage here. Uh, oh. Okay, so the original design was because the 300SL had a tubular race car chassis design and so needed a high door sill, which in combination with the low roof would make a standard door opening very low and small. So 
they made the roof part of the door, and hence the Gullwing door was invented. So maybe they need that extra frame, extra part of the chassis, maybe to fit more batteries or something. It could be like a submarine where they just put the batteries along the outside edge to help with protection. Uh, I believe that's what led to fires in this last <laughs> series of Teslas. Okay, so maybe that wouldn't work. But I maybe that's why they. it's part of the frame, I guess. I don't know. If it's anything okay. like the 300 SL, they're, it's They're going to have to combat a lot of of public thought and and what people think they know about gullwing doors i'm sure they've thought about it i'm sure they've talked about it but wow that's that's going to be rough for them yes um they're also going to have all-wheel drive version of the model x which you know if you have an electronic controlled system Mm -hmm. that would actually you that would be a good to have all-wheel drive all that torque right off the bat could actually seriously go off road with that thing haven't we we talked okay so again fires but haven't we talked about all-wheel drive and like the advantage and disadvantage there there are there are definitely disadvantages to having an all-wheel drive but he says it's an efficiency neutral option okay i don't know exactly what that means but (laughs) means you're not actually gaining anything well you're not reducing because all-wheel drive reduces your miles per gallon in a car because it's heavy yeah I mean, that's the only reason that it reduces your mileage, is it's heavy. That, and you're using, yeah, you're losing more power due to the fact that it's going through another gear ratio. So you're losing power in the transition. But that's that's going to be a minimal loss. It's still a loss. Okay. But the real loss is because it's heavy. Yeah, pretty much. Let's see. Yeah, they have listed no price. The Model E that they're planning on coming out is supposed to be hitting a price range of thirty to 40000 Oh, so it's actually getting to be, like, affordable. No, that's the Model E. What, yeah, but what, what is the Model E? The Model E is going to be after the Model X, which is after the Model S. So it's but, two down so the line. What does the E stand for? Like, economy? Probably. That's what it does for Mercedes-Benz. Right. So it's, it's getting affordable. Yes. In, like, ten years. Pretty much, yeah. Oh, Elon Musk. <laughs> so we'll see about that whenever that decides to finish up. Okay. The Jade Rabbit is officially dead. Is it? Because I actually just saw an article that says it might not be. What? Yep. China just said it was officially dead. Yep, but it might not be. (laughs) Damn it, China. Get it right. Jade Rabbit, China's Mars, not Mars, Moon Rover. The third country? Did did the ESA ever get to? And by ESA, I mean the European Space Agency. Uh, I know they were working on one. I know India was working on one as well. Let's look. There's got to be a Wikipedia article about moon rovers. Let's see. Okay, so we had the Soviet Union drop their rovers. Then we landed there with people. Yep. And China. Okay, so third country to make it to the moon. Yes, Barcelona has a um, plan. Barcelona? Barcelona Moon Team Rover, part of the Google Lunar X Prize. Okay. Is planning on launching theirs. The next- city. Well, like a group in the city. Yeah. I would not call that a country. No. They're, they're, like I said, they're working for the Google Lunar X Prize. Right. So uh, the next one's probably going to be 2015. And that's Lunar X Prize, Lunar X Prize. Chinese is planning another mission for 2015. India is 2017. Okay, there we go. JPL is planning on launching one called Athlete at some point. If they ever get funding. <laughs> Carnegie Mellon is planning one, supported by NASA. Okay. What? <laughs> Carnegie Mellon, yeah, when a university can, can launch a lunar lander and a lunar rover. 
how much money does this university have? Well, have you seen the price of tuition? <laughs> excellent point. Excellent, yep. excellent point. So what's this care to? Careto. Or care to? No, no, it's supposed to be Spanish, Andy. Oh, it's supposed to be Spanish. Sorry. Yeah. My apologies. Not, not care to. Careto. Careto. Okay. Got it. What uh, is it? It's, it's, it's malware that has infected like 30 countries. Well, then. And it targets primarily like government institutions and diplomatic offices. And it is very sneaky and it has existed for like six years. It uses a customized attack against older Kapersky lab products. Oh, that's nice. And it ties itself into like every form of communication that goes in or out of that system. And it records things and it knows what to look for and it uh, watches for certain keywords. Basically, it's like really bad news. Oh, good times. Um, kind of cool is in, in the way that it used for the vector of attack, which is it, they, they did phishing emails. So they sent an email with a link that looked like a legitimate link that sends you to a like a, a web page that has tons and tons and tons of different attacks built into it. And then it redirects you back to the page that you thought you were going to. But those tons and tons and tons of attacks infect both Mac and PC, and there were streams that looked like they would be for Linux, but they haven't confirmed any Linux cases, and Mac OS, uh, iOS rather, and Android. Holy guacamole. Nothing is safe. So they they hook you with the phishing, but then they just kind of just literally throw the bus at you. Yeah, and it's modular. Oh, good times. So because they have your system infected, they can upload at any time other code. Why are you excited about this? Because it's actually kind of cool that, like, that you, you – look, I'm terrified about the aspects of it and the, the potential of, of wrongdoing, but you have to give them credit for creative thinking. You, you don't look at this and be like, wow, they did a really good job. Like, that's it's like, professional. It's like watching the Italian job or something and thinking – yeah, these guys are stealing millions of dollars, but the way they did it is just so damn cool and like <laughs> so professional and so, you know, intricately planned. You can appreciate that even if you think that it's a terrible, terrible thing. Gotcha. Now, you know, is this something that like the average person needs to go around and be like, shit, my computer could be infected? No, not really. Again, this was like highly specifically targeted. These people knew who they were going for. Huh. So how do we defend ourselves against said things? Other than update not, your software. Update your software. Don't get fooled don't, by phishing don't emails. Don't click on malicious links. So the basic stuff. Yeah. Like this was exploiting a vulnerability from five years ago that had been fixed. Update your security systems. Okay. That's, that's all I got. All right. So random yeah. review, Dave. Random review. Robotech. Are with you a talking? K. With, oh, with a K. With I a thought K. you were talking about the old school anime. No, no, no. Robotech with a K. T-E-C-K? Just T-E-K. T-E-K. Okay. It is an Android game. It's actually uh, been around for some time. It's a fairly old Android game as Android games go. And the premise of the game is, hey, it's post-robo-apocalypse. Humanity is, is, I mean, it's like Terminator future, right? Humanity is like a small pocket. Uh, and now it's time to fight back. Now you have the, the means and the technology to start turning it around. And you fight back by playing slots. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Okay. That's that's what it comes down to. You are playing slots against a computer playing slots. Uh, but each slot is some sort of ability. So you have three different sets of slots. You have attacks. You have uh, drones where you can you can basically summon minions. And you have kind of miscellaneous attack defense type stuff. And so it's it's a combination of two choices, which is which of these three groups do I use and when do I press the button to say stop? Gotcha. And there is some skill involved. It's not completely random because you can always pick what the first slot will be. Oh. If you time it right, you can always pick what the first slot will be. So you're playing slots against different robo robots. And so the the basic gameplay is great because you can actually just pick it up for like two minutes and then put it away. Okay. Um, which for a mobile game is is as we've talked about often is essential. Key. Yeah. Right. If it's a mobile game to be truly mobile, you need to be able to open it, turn it on, play a little bit, put it away. Yes. The other aspect of this is the writing. It's so tongue in cheek ridiculous, ha-ha, irony, and, and just pure comedy. And there's very little of it, right? It, it's not like there's a grand story, but it's when you click on one of the nodes, one of the levels, as it were, and it's like the Canada node, it talks about maple syrup. <laughs> or, uh, oh, what was the other node? There's an, a node in Montana, and it references another node called the, the Cyrus because it's Hannah Montana and Miley Cyrus. Uh, that's good. It's good. It, the whole game is just full of little jokes. And as you play, you get upgrades. You can make your attacks stronger. You can choose which sets of, of spinners you're going to upgrade and give extra power to, things like that. Hmm. I like its art style. Yep. Lots of, of blues and reds and simple shapes. There's a pirate robot? Maybe. Depending on what node you go to, sometimes the robots look different. Gotcha. Hmm. It's free. It is free to pay. There's You can buy energy, but don't you don't need to at all in any way, shape, or form. Just play. Hmm. You going to pick it up, Andy? I'm already installing it. There you go. <laughs> Random topic. Random topic. Rolled ahead of time. Is there anything that you have stolen, a.k.a. borrowed indefinitely from your sibling's stuff? I mean, at one point, I actually did steal $20 from my brother. Like, outright stole. $20? Almost, almost got away with it. If it wasn't for those mangy kids? No, if it wasn't for my own stupidity. <laughs> so, the mangy kid. Yeah. Beyond that, I don't think there's anything I've stolen from my siblings. I have stolen cookies. Cookies? Yes. Do you really steal cookies? Well, I ate the cookies, even though they weren't for me, but they, it turns out they were for somehow related to my siblings. Um, I've stolen CDs. Did you give them back? No. Do they know that you stole them? Probably not. Doesn't I have not your heard brother anything. listen to this podcast? Yes, but I think I stole the CDs from my other brother. Ah. So I'm not sure if he listens to this podcast as well or not. Uh, Eric, if you are listening, I have your Blue Man Group audio CD, if you'd like it back. <laughs> I think I also have your copy of Christine. But that one might be at my parents' house. So yeah, there were some CDs and some books. It wasn't uh, really stealing, though, when my parents would go and move things from my siblings' closet to mine without telling them. What? <laughs> yeah. So things would show up in my closet and be like, oh, okay. So Where I put did it this on. come from? Because it was clothing, and I needed to wear clothing. So I put it on, and then it would be like, wait, why do you have that? It was in my closet. 
<laughs> That's mine. Well, do you want it back? No, you can have it. I mean, I've I've gotten sweaters from Josh, but never stole them. I think actually the same thing happened where our parents just moved it from one closet to the other. Yeah, because you didn't steal. You were the... Uh, Beneficiary? Yeah, of a Robin Hood attack, mainly. <laughs> where you were not Robin Hood, but you benefited from him. Yes, stole from the rich and gifts to the poor. Yeah. But no, yeah, I never really... I could probably, uh, I'm going to hear about this, you know, from later, but I don't think I stole anything from my siblings. Also, my memory is pretty shoddy, so... Yeah, you, you do have a terrible memory. Yeah. Except for obscure trivia. So that... treat everything like obscure trivia. <laughs> I go to Buffalo Wild Wings, sign up for, uh, their little trivia things, and then it's like... What did you steal from your brother back in sixth grade? I know this. <laughs> I know this one. It's a Unix system. <laughs> oh, good reference. Thank you. Thank you. I See try said, from time to time. Obscure trivia. I got that. <laughs> Anything else? Science? It's not always obscure. Stand back. I'm about to try science. Sure. XKCD reference? I, no, I got the reference. Okay. Sometimes I, when you say sure, I'm not sure if it's just like... I'm just going to agree with you and move on, or if you actually get it. It's, those are not mutually exclusive. I'll remember that for the future. <laughs> I can I can understand and get the reference and still say, okay, let's move on. <laughs> yep, that's fine. Those are yes. not mutually exclusive. Good for you, good for you. You did a reference. Now let's move on. Right, <laughs> good job. Okay. I would have liked to see Montana. <laughs> oh... Oh, that was... Did you watch the new Jack Ryan movie or no? Nope. Uh, Who's playing Jack Ryan now? Chris Pine. Really? Yes. So Jack Ryan is played by Captain James T. Kirk. Does he do a good job as Jack Ryan? It's not bad. Okay. This was actually one of the first movies that actually referenced his uh, accident as a Marine, so it was interesting. Okay. Wait, don't they reference it in Red October? Not really. All right. I don't know. God, it's been forever since I've seen Red October. It's a good movie. Go watch it. I know it's a good movie. Heck, we even have the NES game, Hunt for Red October, which is a horrible game. Yes. As is most movie-based games. Yes. Should we call it, Andy? I think we should, yeah. All right. Did I steal things? Probably. I don't remember. I I don't think I stole anything beyond 20 bucks, which I had to give back. When my mother finally started wondering why I had a $20 bill. <laughs> Found it under my bed. No. Sure. <laughs> did not did not go over well. No, I, I could not see that going over well. All right, cool. All right, well, that's a wrap. Bye-bye. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast, or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening.